<laughs> we don't have to. No, no, we don't. We don't have, have to. to do that. We don't have to do that. <laughs> but it's really. And really, then what's the other one? Shaw. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Yvette. Welcome back once again to Red Dragon Sessions. With me, as always, always, is Bob. Hello. How you doing, Bob? Good. <laughs> Very good. You're always doing good. I try. When we get into trouble, if I said party on, Bob. And there, there, <laughs> the only there, thing I several really isms. remember, the only thing I really, really remember is from the movie when he goes, she will be mine. Oh, oh yes. yes. She will be. Yeah. Because you... I say that every time I see a Gibson. Yeah. In a showroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Sha. Sha. Showing. That's the what showing. So funny. So funny. <laughs> still now, so funny. question. Can um, you swing as a woman? You know what? You can, because oh, I have. Are you kidding me? Of course you can. That's, I totally that have. That was like a rhetorical question. Come on. Yeah, it really was. But um, also, uh, I was going to say something really important. Oh, my fucking God. Did you God. see Love Guru? I didn't. Okay. Well, it's in in that. it. Everything is like, he'd say like a phrase and then it'd be like, trademark. Like, ah! <laughs> like in the in the movie. <laughs> so he'd be like. Blah, 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 trademark, whatever. <laughs> so it, it, you'll have to see it, though, because if you enjoy his sense of humor, which I do. I I, um, I really should have seen it. I think. I mean, is it a top? No, probably not. But, like, it's still funny. So you should It's check. a bottom. Yeah. You check. <laughs> that was a whole other kettle of fish right there. But anyway, you would enjoy it, I think. So you know, one of his movies that I loved, and I loved him in it, yeah. even though it was a, a little part of the big story. But he was so good mm. for like his five minutes. Mm. Was um, Inglorious Bastards? Oh gosh, yeah. Did you? Do, I do saw... you remember him in Inglorious Bastards? No, but I mean, I think he's quite good actually. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. I watched Shrek two the other night. And I laugh my ass off again at it. It's probably like the million time I've seen it. But he's just so hilarious. Anywho. And we've talked this whole time about Mike Myers and just now mentioned his name. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's so many characters that are all actually just these creations out of his mind that are just so funny. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had this discussion with people before where I really think that modern comedy is based off of Saturday Night Live. Like, if you look at what we think is funny, it's like Superstar. Yeah. It's like, you know, hamburger, 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 Coke. Like, uh, <laughs> that was cheeseburger. You're right. I totally got it wrong. <laughs> cheeseburger, 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 Coke. Or like, two wild and crazy kind of guys. Exactly. I mean, it's. It's so recognizably, and like Steve Martin, his sense of humor too, like genius, so genius. And like before it got to PC, like so funny, mm -hmm. you know, ladies man, like, I mean, so many really funny. Night of the Roxy. 
Yeah. I know that's the hard head, to the yeah. head bobbing the head with the bobby thing and like um, um taco burrito. What's that in your speedo? Okay. Like <laughs> land cheerleaders? Shark. Yeah, land like, shark. I don't remember that one. I was like land shark. <laughs> what is land shark? Land. Oh my god! From the seventies, where they would be, you know, oh, I don't know. The knock on the door, and then they would go to answer the door, and be like, "Don't answer! It's the land shark! Land shark!" It's like, are you the land shark? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd open the door, and this guy in a big shark suit would like attack whoever yeah. opened the door. Yeah. Land shark. Oh wow! I don't remember that skit. I remember it was the just high. I'm Rosanna. Rosanna Dana. Oh, I love Gilda Radner. Or like, or like Jane Curtin doing the news. Or like, oh, Jane, these... you ignorant slut. <laughs> I love. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, oh. though. Like. Right, that's Chevy Chase, right? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, but you see these names, right? Chevy Chase, like Gilda Radner, Steve Martin. Truly amazing writers. I mean, smart. Mm-hmm. And then even moving into the modern age with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, mm-hmm. and like, oh my God, I would give anything to to watch the two of them do uh, another weekend update. I mean, I love the weekend update guys now. I think they're really funny, really smart. I haven't even seen it really in clever. forever because they of- do really good ones right now. Um, but I would like if they would bring in Amy and Tina to do just like one more, like please do one more, just one more. Like I, I love them dearly. Like I, I don't think the Oscars will have another host again. But if they do, it should be Amy and Tina. Fair enough. It should just be Amy and Tina all the time. The year they did the Golden Globes. As hosts, oh, yeah. I, I, I like almost peed myself laughing. Like they're so hilarious. They're quite funny, but I think that. And when did peeing yourself become a gauge for how happy you are? That's well, such a weird thing. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, but it was probably a phrase coined on Saturday Night Live. I mean, that's it might like, have been. Honestly, like I feel like so much of. At least American humor um, is based on this like potty, like sort of like um, kind of immature like humor. But some, but so much of it was so smart, right? But, you know, right alongside of like oh, for it sure. was like it was like the potty humor would get your attention, and then the Blues Brothers would keep you watching. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the Blues Brothers, which were basically a musical sketch, mm-hmm. but. They were so funny and just so like alive and just so like being themselves on that stage. Mm-hmm. Like the Blues Brothers, they're my favorite, hands down. Mm. Totally funny, totally great. Yeah, one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay, what are we talking about? Uh, I don't know. Oh yeah. So <laughs> on today's podcast, the story side of this is actually an argument between my mother and my grandfather, these two pieces of my world, arguing. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that my grandfather is very pro me being involved in music and me being involved in in the back line and, and just sort of understand learning about the industry and all this stuff, which I had this great desire to learn about. And my mom, who is a really strong and, and good woman, really just, you know, wanted me to like be at home for some reason this weekend. So 
It was, uh, I was a, I can't remember if I was a sophomore or a junior. I must've been a sophomore in high school. And it's important to note that my grandfather was starting to get on, he was starting to get on in years and he had been diagnosed with cancer and it was starting to take an effect on him. And he, uh, he was diagnosed with adult onset leukemia. Um, and he was in his eighties and he was starting to get to a point where he knew that like, going out for shows was not going to be something, it wasn't going to last much longer. There were fewer and fewer shows just because he couldn't, he couldn't do it. You know, he was playing guitar less and less and he was starting to, his, to give or sell his equipment. So it, those early stages of like, I need to impart as much knowledge and give her as much experience as possible to my, my little baby Yvette, because I'm recognizing that this is going to come to an end soon, whatever end it may be. You know, it might be that he survives the cancer, but he's not going to be able to, he's not going to be who he was mm -hmm. or who he is right, right now at the time of this story. Um, and so he's coming to those realizations. My mom, on the other hand, is starting to recognize that I need to, I'm in high school. I'm taking a lot of advanced courses because I'm like, not to toot my own horn, but I was super, super smart. Like I, <laughs> I actually understood algebra and understood computer science at the time. Like for all of you out there that are, you know, were born in the nineties, you rotten bastards. Um, <laughs> basically computer science at the time in, when it was taught to me in high school, in the late eighties, early nineties, this is like 1990, 1991 was you actually were writing code in computer science class to like, you know, you type in these commands and you put a quotation mark and you type your sentence and you put in quotation mark and then your sentence would appear on the screen and oh my God, you got an A if you can accomplish that. Like, mm. That was, it wasn't like learning word processing or anything like that. And like, we still had typing class and things, which I think they, do they still have typing class in high school? Oh my God. I, I hope so. I hope so. so was yours on a Commodore 64? Uh, the class, the computer science class was my yeah. typing class was on a typewriter. It was actually on a typewriter, not on a computer. My junior high typing class was on a typewriter, and but we had amazingly, I guess, in sixth grade, like we were writing code on the Commodore sixty four to do math problems and stuff. What I know, so like we would go you home, lucky bitches. We would go home and like have our Commodore sixty four hooked up to the television. Oh, wow. And like, oh, damn. Be, like nerding out on the Commodore 64 at home. Yeah, I know. I didn't have that. But this was also, though, early, like this would have been pretty soon early Apple, mm -hmm. like early, early, early. But we didn't have that. I want to say we had apples in the computer science lab. I think that was. But we were still basically writing code as we went. Yeah. So basic, very basic stuff. That's I mean, we weren't like coding on scale or something. You DOS. Know? Yeah. Because that would have been. It was like DOS command stuff. It was even, like pre-Word, Excel, pre-Microsoft Office even, world. Even in college, my my computer was DOS, like big floppy disks. Yes. <laughs> like, I feel like. Big I, floppies. I may but not remember, be remembering very well. Do you but... remember when the zip drives came out? Yes. Oh. I still have, I, I have, I think I've from my, from my management days, yeah. I still have like 
I have like each band's zip drive, yeah, which I can't read anymore. I want to get the data and photos off of them someday. Uh, they're, they're I think I have a uh, that this it's not SCSI, but it's it's a but my computer won't read a USB. It, it, no, yeah. I've I tried. It oh. won't. It it won't. It it just won't. Hmm. There's won't. I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's something. I'm sure I could. I know there. You know, in the comment section of this podcast, there's going to be like 500 companies that list. Be like, come to us. We'll only charge you four billion dollars to get that data off for you. Yes, that you don't care about anymore. But anyway, that I don't really care about anymore. But there's like some really great pictures and stuff wow. of the bands that I toured with oh, and stuff right. like that are on there. So and like old metadata and old set lists and shit. You know, like it would be fun. really great. It would be fun. Yeah. Anyway. So I today we're going to talk about this this little argument that they got into and and what I did about it in this what what did I do witnessing this conflict between two people that I loved. So uh, my mom was really like pro I needed to study and I needed to do my chores on the farm and I had responsibilities and I had extracurricular activities and things like that and my grandfather was like it's the weekend I need her butt on the road with me. I was set to go to my grandparents' house and go with my grandfather to this gig. And my mom was like, the hell you are. <laughs> you know, she was like, no. And so um, I had to call my grandfather and be like, no, I can't go because I have to I have to stay at home for these reasons. And my grandfather got in the car on the Saturday. The gig was on Sunday. It was a Sunday morning. It was a church gig. My grandfather got in the car on that Saturday and drove up to the to the farmhouse and was like, I'm here to get my guitar tech. Thank you very much. I'm here to get my road manager, guitar tech, catch all, get in the truck. And I was like, oh, grandpa's here. I'm getting in the truck. And my mother was like, no, go to your room. And they got in this heated discussion about which way this should go. And I stood there for quite a while watching the tennis match back and forth, you know, argument, rebuttal, argument, rebuttal. Meanwhile, you're like 15. Yeah. 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 And, so you can't and like, drive yet. No, no, I can't. I, you're I'm still like a 15, minor. I'm 15, 16. Even if I could drive, there's a point where you're like, Ugh. but you're still the, you know, you're definitely still the kid. In oh this yeah. Scenario. I am definitely the kid in this scenario. I've got the 80 year old grandfather arguing with the 60 year old mother, you know, like, 85 or so year old grandfather, actually, not just 80, but like 85 or so. So, you know, you're kind of caught in the middle here. Which authority figure do I listen to? Because even if I could drive, it was not an option in this scenario. It was it, it was not going to happen, you know. So, um, and I, I can't remember, like, there was some really big reason that my mom did not want me to go the next day. I, I believe it had something to do with her driving me down there, but, um, the reality was my grandfather was there on our doorstep, like with his truck ready to pick me up and I could spend the night at their house. And, you know, as I have done numerous times before, not that big of a deal from my perspective, but my mom had dug in her heels. It became very apparent that this was really kind of sort of not about me. Mm. Like this was sort of a power struggle between the two of them. 
like this was sort of a father-daughter issue where I was just sort of the subject of the sentence, but really wasn't about me, you know? Did you I was a sort of a MacGuffin. Right. You know? Was it like a, a parent, like a parenting thing? Like um, a priorities thing? Maybe. I think it might have been. But, you know, I... I was never behind on my schoolwork and stuff. So I, it was one of those cases where I really didn't understand why my mom was digging in her heels, but she was. I imagine that my stepfather and his existence in our world probably played a role in this, but he wasn't there at the time. So I'm not really sure. And so I really, I, like, it was really frustrating to me and I was really like torn between what do I do? What do I do? And there was this moment and, it never really got to a big, big shouting match. The the most voluminous of the conversation. Wow, that was a big word. And I got it right. Damn it. Wow. The loudest part of the conversation came when my mother laid down an order of looking right at me and pointing her finger at me and going, you go to your room now. And... My grandfather was like, no, you get in the truck now. And so I'm really my, very much like deer in headlights. Like I do not know which authority figure to listen to at this moment. This is not a place where I can make this decision. So I, I, I went to my room. I was like, I, you know, I love my grandfather and I really want to go there. I really want to you know, do my job at the gig, but I have to live with this woman. <laughs> this woman feeds me. <laughs> I mean, I could cook for myself at 15, but not the good stuff, <laughs> you know, unless I want to eat macaroni and cheese and scrambled eggs for the rest of my life, I pretty much need to go to my room. So I went to my room and, and I, I picked up my bag that had my gear in it like my overnight clothes and stuff. Like I picked up my bag that had my gear in it and I threw it out the window and then I climbed out the bedroom window and got in the truck. Best of both worlds. <laughs> she told me to go to my room now. That's what I did. I went to my room. What floor right were then. you on? There's a, there's just a ranch oh, house. It was floor. all first uh -huh. floor. So my grandfather comes out and he doesn't know I'm in the trunk. How'd you sneak over there? I climbed out the window. I know, but how did, where was it parked compared to the argument that was happening? It was, the argument was in the house in the kitchen. Oh. And so I just like threw my stuff out the, out my bedroom window. And then I climbed out, which was really hard because I don't know if you've ever tried, like every movie I see, when I see kids like throw stuff out the roof or climb out the window or something, I'm like, you have to be careful because it actually makes a lot of noise mm. in the house. If you're like scraping against the wall and stuff, like you gotta like climb up and then you gotta like jump clear. Like you can't like scrape on the wall and stuff. But then how do you close the window once you're out? Well, it was, the weather was good that weekend. So, you know, hey, what Just else? had an open, you Just, didn't have a screen or anything? No, I didn't. I didn't have a screen in my bedroom. I mean, come on. Country living. Country living out there in the woods. And I mean, skunks lived under my bedroom in the crawl space. So, you know, it's not like this was a priority. Okay. So I just left my bedroom window open. I had climbed up on a chair or something 
some such nonsense and had jumped clear, damn near killed myself because the fence, the wooden fence from the yard and stuff was really close. So I kind of like caught myself on the fence as I came down, but with my hands, not with my body. So I kind of like was able to balance as I landed, sort of. You know, I didn't land hard Did on you the like fence. Run, run into the fence, kind of. Like I it kind of like you? fell into the fence. Yeah. Well, that that's good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like. I didn't hit the fence so hard that I hurt myself or anything. But it was more like I landed, but I was able to like. I would have, if the fence hadn't been there, I would have tucked and rolled. Tucked and rolled. I would have tucked and rolled, but there wasn't enough room to tuck and roll. So I was able to like land on the balls of my feet and smack into the fence. Got it. And it didn't feel good, but I didn't hurt myself, you know? And then you walked around. And then I walked around the front of the house and and climbed into the truck and just waited. Because I figured however this was going to end, I wanted to be in the truck. And I had done as I was told. As you have said before in things with me and my mom, semantics. Yes. Yeah. I'm very, very specific. I listened very carefully and I did exactly as I was told. Which was go to your room. Which was go to my room, which I did. I had no direction to stay. I was under no order to stay there in that particular scenario. And she should have known better, to be honest, because she had in the past ordered me to go to my room and stay there. So she should have known enough to add that, but she didn't. So my grandfather comes out And apparently they had actually reversed the decision that I was going to go. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me. But they had reversed the decision that I was going to go. And my mom was actually, he was just heading out to the truck to wait for me. And my mom was actually going to my room to tell me it was okay for me to go. So, of course, my mom gets to my room and... um, My grandfather, well, I was in the truck with my grandfather. My grandfather comes down there and goes, how did you get out here before me? And I was like, and I told him, I told him what I did. And he was like, you're definitely my granddaughter, was all he said. And he just started the truck. And then my mom comes out the front door and she's just like, and she looks and she sees me in the truck and she's just like, go on. Just like waving, like, go on, get the hell out of here. Like, whatever. And then she just went back in and she shut the bedroom window for me and she like let it go but uh, strangely enough never got in trouble probably should have gotten into a little bit of trouble for that probably should have but didn't it's hard when it's two authority figures right you know they both i mean at the end of the day you're your mom's daughter right like that's your that's your direct yeah, that's my direct point Com- commander of commander or whatever. Yeah. Like that's my yeah. But you know, when, you know, if your if your sergeant tells you to do one thing, mm-hmm. but then you overhear the general saying do something else. But I think at a certain age, a parent a parent becomes the general. Well, you know, like it's it's weird. I don't know. I mean, I f- I feel like the parent takes so you know like whatever authoritative power a parent would have when they become a parent mm-hmm. they take over that power so the parent above them doesn't have the same jurisdiction so to speak right exactly so and that's actually one thing that's like you had yeah like sort of like dad you had your chance to parent when you had me 
This is my chance to parent. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 and sometimes, you know, over, overstepping or, you know, having a parent step in maybe in a, an uncapable situation or whatever it is, is like a really good thing. But right. I feel like in general, once you become a grandparent, you're no longer running the roost, so to speak. Right. Unless, unless, unless your kid is failing as a parent, like failing. Yeah. And my mom wasn't oh. failing as a parent. No, no, they, they were just in disagreement about where I was spending the weekend. I think it's cute. It was cute. It was <laughs> cute. And it was a good show. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't an eventful gig. We went, we played, we went home, got McDonald's on the way home. I had McDonald's twice in the same weekend, once on the way to my grandparents' house on Saturday, and then again after the gig. It's great. It was a double McDonald's weekend. It was awesome. Is that like your special treat? It kind of was. Yeah. It kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. So like it was a double McDonald's weekend. I was a happy camper. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, it's hard when you've got that double authority figure. Yeah. So, But I followed the letter of the law. I went to my room and I got in the truck. Well done. Question. Did you have school on Monday? Oh, yeah. So how'd you get back in time? My mom went and got, came and got me on Sunday evening. Oh, in the nighttime. Yeah. Okay. As was usually my mom would take me down and drop me off and then oh, pick me up. So this time he just really wanted you to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't, I don't remember exactly when my grandfather was diagnosed and when it all started to, I don't remember when it started to go downhill. Because a lot of doctor's appointments and things like that were during the week when I was not around. Mm. And there was an air of secrecy. Mm. There was a, even when I was a teenager and I was taking biology classes and and I understood certain things and, you know, um, there was still this air of he's sick, Mm -hmm. quote unquote sick. And that was pretty much it. And that that umbrella term applied to all kinds of stuff. Oh, God, yes. It applied to everything. You know, and the first time I heard it, you know, I thought, what, has he got the flu or something? You know, like diarrhea, like he's sick. Okay. (laughs) You know, and then it's a couple of weeks. Okay, it's really bad cold. Like, you know, you don't really understand. And I didn't become, I honestly didn't become alarmed until the first time we had to cancel a gig. Mm. And I vividly remember that because I didn't go down there. I knew there was a gig on Sunday and I didn't go because the gig had already been canceled. I came home from school on Friday and they had called and said, you know, we're not doing the gig this weekend. And I was like, oh, well, shit, I have to be on this fucking farm for goddamn all weekend. Fuck that crap. (laughs) Whatever. But yeah, by the time we got to where we were with this argument, I... I felt like I understood more about what was wrong with my grandfather than what the family was talking about. Like, I felt like the family didn't know what they were talking about at that point to some degree because my grandfather and I had, we didn't really go into all the details of it, but I understood that it was cancer. I understood it was leukemia. I had done my own research to understand what adult onset leukemia was. Like I wasn't an idiot kid who just blindly followed. Like I was, I was kind of a leader then and like, okay, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. What does this mean for me and my grandfather? What does this mean? Okay. Now what does this mean for the band? Like that was my mindset was like, 
okay, he's going to progressively get worse and worse, or he's going to beat it, but he's going to progressively get worse and worse before he can even get better. Mm -hmm. There's going to be, you know, chemo, and there's going to be this, and there's going to be that. There's going to be platelet, you know, uh, transfusions. There's going to be, you know, all of these things, and he's going to have to get a lot worse before he either succumbs to it or he gets better. So I knew that there were dark days coming, mm -hmm. but we weren't quite at dark days. We weren't really, we didn't really get to dark days until I was a junior, until I was about 16, 17 years old. And then um, he finally passed away when I was a senior, mm -hmm. right before graduation. Mm -hmm. That was that story. That was that amazing little timeline. <laughs> yeah. That's an endearing little story. Have you ever been like, stuck between two authority figures like that gosh um, i'm trying to i'm trying to think yeah but i'll tell you what made me think of this is is i found myself um a couple of weeks ago in the business mm -hmm. in you know in the business that i have in mm -hmm. the music industry sort of stuck between what was best for my company and what was best for my client mm -hmm. and that's that's really kind of the same thing it's mm -hmm. like two very authoritative masters mm -hmm. and and look our business is built around the client is our boss, mm -hmm. but there does come a point where the business kind of has, you know, we have employees to pay and we have bills to pay and we have to do that. And so there was this uncomfortable, weird little balance. And I sort of had, I had to make a decision. Like, you know, this wasn't a decision where I could sort of do both like I did and hope for the best, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Like, so, you know, I kind of just went back to like, what is, what is the core? Like, what is, what is the truth? What is the core? And the core was the core in the story was that I wanted to, I wanted to go on the road. I wanted to do that. I know that the future, I know that my future is based around music and the music industry. And I want to go and be a part of that. And I want to do that. So what I did when I was faced with this dilemma between what the business needed and what the client needed was I had to go right back to the central truth. Mm. What is the central truth? The central truth is our business was built to take care of the clients, that the clients are our boss. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, at the end of, end of the day, I had to make a personal sacrifice in order to fulfill the wish of the client and what was best for the client. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that ended up being the right decision. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know it at the time and it was a little scary, mm -hmm. actually pretty fucking scary mm -hmm. in the moment, but it was the right decision. Mm -hmm. And so it was just sort of about finding like, what is the true priority and which, which authority figure was, was in charge of the ultimate priority that's mm -hmm. best for me. And it was a, it was a weird decision when I was 15 and it was a hard, it wasn't a weird decision, but it was a hard decision a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. but ultimately, you know, you have to make it. And that re sometimes it requires sacrifice. Sometimes it requires being afraid. I have to tell you when I climbed out the window mm -hmm. and got in the truck, I was scared. <laughs> right. I was scared that my mom was going to like ground me, yell at me. Like I wasn't as scared. She was going to like smack me around or anything, but mm -hmm. that's, that's not who she was. But I was afraid, you know, like it's going to be really uncomfortable in the house mm -hmm. for a while. I'm going to be grounded. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Um, and it could have been, mm -hmm. but 
whatever they did to make peace with each other, they did. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it ended up being a great weekend. So, well, that's yeah. a, also a great story in, um, in determination. And also just sometimes you just have to throw caution to the wind and do what makes sense for you. Just jump the fuck out of the bedroom window. You go. know, I mean, you weren't totally dishonoring your mom by. I she, did exactly she what she said. She I did exactly what she said to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's not like you were doing something dangerous. I mean, you were with your no. grandfather. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like I was saying, oh, I want to go do donuts in the parking lot after dark with the boys. You there know, or could some shit. be like, so many other things that you could be doing that were not good. This is not, oh, yeah. not one of those. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. but that was not where her mind was. Her mind was on something else. And I honestly, to God, I should go back and ask her, but I don't remember exactly what the reason was, but there was like, she she had her heels dug in that I had to stay home that weekend. You probably had like SATs or some, some big test or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't take the SATs. ACT? I only took the ACTs. Yeah. Cause where I grew up, there yeah, was. No, I just remember yeah. Missouri is an ACT place. Yeah. We were SAT people. We had ACTs, and if you got a 30 or above on your ACTs, you had, for two years, you had free college tuition. Wow. If you were a resident. Huh. Yeah. yeah. If you got a 30 or above. I took that test like six times because I got a 29, a 29, a 29, a 29, <laughs> a 29, and then finally got a 31. I was like, Fuck yeah! Thank you, God. Well, they let you take. Or it I never times. would have been able to afford college at all. Mm. Yeah, but you could take it as often as you wanted. You didn't have to stop. Mm. But I was very grateful that the first time I took it was as a junior, so I had enough time to take it. So yeah. many fucking times. I didn't know I was dyslexic um, in high school. Explained though why I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have taken a timed test. Mm. Um, yeah. If you're dyslexic or English is your second language, um, you can take the untimed, take it yeah. untimed. And um, so my score was not good, but my I had straight A's. So, On the SAT? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, just not good with testing. Well, time testing anyway. Yeah. It's just a reading thing. Like, yeah. Like, um, That's fair enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's totally fair enough. Yeah, so, I mean, ironically, I was able to get into a good school because of my writing and my grades. Like, I had straight A's. That's um, awesome. But, yeah, it, I mean, standardized, I mean, that's a whole other topic. But um, that's interesting. Like, that's cool. Because that, I, I had friends. We didn't have the ACT, so I didn't. So, like, when, oh, my, when yeah. my friends are like, oh, I got a 29 or whatever it is, I'm like, what? Cool. Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you I got a 29. Right. Jesus, out of 1,400? What the fuck? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, totally. Or 16, was it 1,500? 1,600. 1,600. You got yeah. a 29? Yeah. Oh, I'll pray for you. <laughs> like, so funny. Yeah. My brother, ironically, also went to the same school as I did. But um, he only got one wrong on the math part of the SAT, and he remembered which question he got wrong. Oh, it's just like, that's pretty funny. Oh, God. Um. But yeah, testing. Yeah. You were an yeah. AP person though too, right? Like yeah, were, I was an AP. Yeah, I just had good grades. Yeah. But my brother did the AP stuff and it was like, 
whatever. He just said he was so smart. He just like didn't care. Ah. <laughs> he, he was like cutting class all the time. Whatever. I'm like staying up until one in the morning writing my papers and like oh. focusing so hard on everything. Um, oh, yeah, you had to you, you had to put in a little extra effort. A little. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Yeah. I, I couldn't even read until I was 15. Oh, like God damn it. literally. I know. Who knew? Nobody yeah. would know that. Just looking at me. <laughs> I spent like half my life not knowing how to read. Hey. No, not anymore. <laughs> I can read good now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to try to like give away your age. Of course you're oh. 30. <laughs> I mean, still, it is a quite a chunk of my life though. Oh, yeah. Like, no, it's a big chunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you start, sort of started on the back foot and you had to work really hard to get to where you are now, which is Check. like totally like in charge. And in audio, yeah. which requires no reading, by the way. So, and I But can, it does require your level of badassery. Totally. And which yeah. is its own thing. Yeah. Because it's its own kind of reading. It's its own kind of language and reading, though, yeah. which you can read better than the majority of people on the whole planet there is a navigating that you have to do especially in this town it's not for the faint of heart or Mm -mm. you know which you you get really really well clearly um but you know the courage that it took for you to jump out of that window to be honest like that that moxie yeah you have to have that for to you you exhibited a confidence that is mandatory for success. It's not really the the defiance. Mm-hmm. It's not that the, the defiance part is it wasn't less about in, defiance. It's about desire. Yeah, but really also was. acting on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and saying, "I am going to do this," mm-hmm. and then you did it. Yep. And I think that actually, that may be the biggest lesson in what we're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. because when you're faced with who do I listen to? Who am I supposed to, you know, in this particular case? Right. You listen to yourself. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I really, really did. Yeah. I really did. And they obviously recognize that, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that, that was really, yeah. that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And they ended up honoring that. Yeah. And the, that's 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 just a little bit of credit to them for knowing that, like, for, for loving me and, and respecting me and trusting me enough to know that, like, that's what I wanted. And at the end of the day, I was going with my grandfather. I wasn't going out in a car with a group of people or a group of teenagers to like go cruising or, you know, do something illegal or anything like that. Like, I think it's important to note that that moxie was sort of like, um, it wasn't moxie to like rebel. It was like, I wasn't like sneaking out of the house or running away from home or something like that. I'm not encouraging that at all. This was stay home because my mom is like ordering me to stay home or go with my grandpa for the weekend, which I have done hundreds of times with no repercussions. You know, that's, you know, that's the difference. You know, I think there's also, I mean, yes, there's a lot of moxie there. I'm not trying to take away my moxie, but mm-hmm. like. It should be noted, um, it wasn't moxie to, like, rebel or to, like, go take drugs or to go to, like, run away from home or something like that. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. trust me, I had plenty of moxie for that, but that's in other stories. That's in future episodes. Uh-huh.
Thank you for listening to the Red Dragon Sessions. (laughs) 